What's the worst day you've ever had? Mine was receiving the news that I was a victim of a scheme where I lost thousands of dollars to a fraudulent business education program. Sound familiar? Hopefully not. It is my mission to inspire entrepreneurs to conquer imposter and shiny object syndrome, step into leadership, and create an engaged audience. But the real question is, how do we actually do it? Join me on my journey as I learn and implement strategies alongside successful entrepreneurs. My name is Mac, and this is the Surviving Entrepreneur. All right, everybody, Podcast. welcome to the show. Um, it is my pleasure, my distinct pleasure to welcome this man, this legend, Mr. James Smiley. Uh, welcome to the show, man. Just like it's been a, it's been amazing to follow your journey, to follow your your lessons. Um, just a lot of value you provide to the community, to the industry. So. I just want you to break it down. Tell us a little bit about your story, about your history, for those who don't know you. Yeah, man. Well, first of all, thank you. Appreciate you. Appreciate all your followers and all the stuff that you guys are doing. Um, you know, I grew up uh, in the inner city in Seattle. Uh, I live in Dallas now, so but I grew up out west. You know, I didn't have technology or anything like that, really. Um, but I just worked hard, and um, you know, I, I learned. Um, you know, sales was a was a good way to to get out of things, work your way out. So you know, I was at McDonald's at 16 years old, um, trying to find new ways to make money. Um, it was a little too ambitious. I ended up getting myself fired from McDonald's at 16. Um, almost got arrested, but um, I was basically scamming um, the system. I found a way to like stack coupons so that people could actually get like money, legitimately get money back. If you took like a 20% and a 40% and then like a $10 off coupon, that $10 off would spill over and you'd have to actually pay somebody $2 to buy a cheeseburger. And so, so yeah, it was, it was hilarious. Cause um, I started teaching all my friends how to do that. Eventually I got caught and I, it was basically like a scheme. It was like a, the regional guy who owned all these McDonald's. He came to, he had this investigation on me and he totally caught me. And, and he goes, you know what, man? He goes, the only reason you're not going to jail is I thought for a 16 year old to think about this, you're a pretty damn smart kid. You just need to like think down the right lane, you know? And so I'm so thankful, man, that he didn't, he didn't have me go to jail, <laughs> put, put a whole different thing on your record, you know? So, yeah. um, but yeah, man, that's how I, that's how I kind of grew up. Um, got my first sales job. Um, I just, I kind of almost like conned my way into a job at Nextel, not really conned my way, but I just oversold myself so hard that, you know, that I could be the best B2B sales rep. I was like 19, 20 years old and I didn't know anything about B2B sales, never talked to a business person, never sold a business, anything, but just went in with a lot of confidence and just asked somebody to give me a chance. You know, I said, Hey man, worst case scenario is I'm out of here in three months. Cause you're going to fire me. I was like, look, man, let's just be honest. I said, you know, you're firing 50% of these salespeople anyway. So worst case scenario, I'm in that bucket. Best case scenario is you're hiring somebody completely new, somebody who's not, you know, a 10-year veteran set in their ways, somebody who's teachable and who's passionate about this. Give me a shot. Literally, that line right there, this, this guy, Andre, he told me, um, I'm still friends with him to this day, but he told me that. He goes, man, that's why I hired you, you know, because wow. you, you gave me a, a really good line. That enabled me to um, to launch my entire career. I, my first commission check was $16,000. <laughs> Um, and what I was doing, so it was about three months into the job, I got my first check. And But what I was doing was I was sending emails instead of going door to door. I was sending emails. To, I had a, a list of 8,000 clients 
and um, the company gave me this list and they said, look, here's their phone number, here's their address, and here's their email. Uh, you want to call them, you want to call 100 people a day, you want to go knock on at least 10 doors a day, but don't email them. No one wants, no one wants to get an email. You know, this is in like 1999, 2000, 2001, something like that. So people weren't really sending the email that much, but the open rates like 99%. It was almost a basically almost a hundred percent in in B two B two B. So it was insane, man. Like I had all these you know people who were I was about twenty years old, and I had people who were selling for twenty two, twenty five years, or selling older than I was. You know, they had more sales experience than I was even in that age. And that that's the thing about technology that everyone should learn is technology and the internet, and it's about leverage. So it gives you a amount of leverage that you can't create any other way. And that's one thing that I learned. You know. A year or two before that, I was working at Federal Express. I was working at all these different places, pushing boxes, you know, making six bucks an hour, 10 bucks an hour. I started realizing as a kid, I don't know, maybe it's like the way God made me or something, but I just started realizing like there's no leverage here. Like there's no, I'm, I'm going to go from $10 to 12 bucks to 12 bucks to four. Like, but you know what I mean? There's no way to go from like 10 to a hundred bucks an hour, you know? And so, um, and that's the thing with the internet and with technology is you can go from making, you know, zero or making 10 bucks and next week have $5,000 in your bank account. So I've seen it happen like real life, not just people saying it. So definitely true. So as of today, what is, or what would you say is your passion, whether it's with your business or with anything else, what would you say is your passion personally? My passion, man, is, um, it's changed over time um, because, uh, yeah, I had some life incidents happen. I had, um, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but I actually lost my first son. He, oh, he was about seven when I lost him um, to, to a medical injury. Um, so, you know, like when, when you go through stuff like that in your 30s, like you, it changes the way you view things, you know. So, um, but I would say, I, I think my biggest passion is, uh, is actually not actually what I do now. It's probably what I'll do in 10 years, but I have a really, really big passion for, um, it's, it's, it's ironic week to say this, but for like social issues, things like that, like, you know, let me put it this way. I'm half Korean, half Italian. I literally grew up most of my childhood in the all black neighborhood. My stepmom is Mexican. Like I'm down with everybody, you know, and I can communicate with everybody. And so I, I just feel like maybe that was meant to be, you know, and maybe like I've learned all this influence stuff to help do something greater than just make money for myself or for my family um, or for my employees. So, um, so that's probably my biggest passion. And that's the thing about the internet guys is like, when you want a career change, you just tell yourself you want a career change. <laughs> you <know? laughs> um, like you ain't got to ask nobody. You don't have to go, you know, uh, like you might need to prepare for it, obviously, but, mm. but um but yeah, I mean, you don't need to go to the man, so to speak, right? Or, or you know, um, climb a, a political ladder or, you know, or um, have somebody try to, you know, lay you off. Like, you know, you, you lay yourself off when you want to stop working, you know? So, um, but yeah, but right, right now, you know, um, I'm really passionate about technology and software and stuff like that. I mean, I think it's, it's... Um, you know, the thing that sustained us and really we've had just zero negative impact through this, through the pandemic and all this stuff is, um, is software technology. And we've been able to pivot and move to, to other channels besides just like info products. And, you know, what, one thing I've noticed known from just being around for a while is, um, when the economy gets tough, like I, I've been through the dot-com, you know, uh, crisis, you know, uh, 
I helped IPO a software company in my 20s called Telenav. I was the fifth or sixth employee. Um, so I've been through an IPO, $133 million of raised capital, and been through that dot-com crash, been through the, the 9-11, been through the, the housing crash. I lost 11 homes during that time. And through this, and one thing I've noticed, you know, is there's always opportunity created. There's like a vacuum, right? When something goes away, something else is coming in. And so it's like, um, you know, like I was telling people two months ago, like, man, if you've got 10 bucks of spare cash, you should throw it into Bitcoin. And, you know, I could have been wrong, but I was right. I luck, I mean, you're not always right, but I was right on that. You know, now Bitcoin has gone up 100% two months. So somebody dropped 10K in there in two months, you know, they, they, they doubled their money. And, um, which is unheard of return, right? In two months to double your money is like, I guess the only way to do that would be like Vegas, or, <laughs> uh, which I'm not really into, or, but you couldn't even do that on the stock market. If you doubled your portfolio in a stock portfolio, like you'd probably go to jail. They'd probably yeah. Inside of training, inside of right. training or something. Yeah. Right. Right. So yeah, just, I think it's really key for people right now to try to have an open mind to what's going on and just, um, be looking for the opportunities and not like the downsides. And I'm speaking more economically, not, not necessarily on the health side of it. The health side of it is a very different subject, I think, but on the economic side and the business side, it's like, I don't need to watch TV to know the economy is going to be bad. <laughs> like, so I, it's like, I already know that. So I don't need to continue to have that flush through my head. I need to figure out like, where are the opportunities at. And, and so that's kind of where, where I've been trying to encourage people. Um, you know, so Okay. So, yeah. So I want to kind of go back and I'm going to put a bookmark in this because I think this is an important path we're on right now, but just get to know you a little bit more when you were coming up and up to where you are now, what kind of hurdles did you face um, on your path? Obviously you talked about McDonald's and you talked about uh, Nextel, but you know, in this new space, this technology and software space, which is your passion now, what would you say were your hurdles? Um, you know, man, I, I had uh, just to be so. So, do, do you want the real, or do you want like a more political answer? <laughs> Dude, I want you to. I want you to tell us how it is. Like, give yeah. it, give it, give it to us as as raw as you can. Yeah. So, um, I, I'm learning more. You know, um, you know, you learn every day, right? So, I'm learning more. Like, just being honest and real will touch the most people, right? Will help most more, more people. So, look, when I was young, okay, I'm 40. I just turned 40. So, um. So just so people know, like I was truly OG, like I'm wearing a suit with a gold chain underneath <laughs> my top, okay? Like, you know you're OG when you're wearing a, you think it's going to be cool to wear a, a gold chain <laughs> on your suit, okay? <laughs> and then I had this like rubber band watch that like uh, I bought from uh, when I took a trip to Venice Beach one time. And I bought this like rubber band watch. It was like this like teal colored rear weird rubber band wow. Big old fat rubber band looking like rubber watch, like a scuba diving watch or something. But it was like a fourteen dollar watch. I bought it super wow. cheap. And um, so um, I remember, like my boss, my boss, we we used to call him Dre. And I'm like, I'm like Dre, what 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 are the things that I need to know? And he's like, first of all, bro, you got to ditch that damn chain. <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. I'm like, this has sentimental value to me. He's like, okay. It may have sentimental value to you, but I, customers don't give a crap about that sentimental value. So he taught me a lot about, uh, and Tony Robbins talks about this a lot, like, like when you first meet somebody, that first impression is important and it's super important. I think the first impression to, to be a lot more of a chameleon 
And then as that person gets to know you, then more of who you are comes out and all that respect and trust is there. Right. But like when you first get to meet somebody, you don't want a lot of clashing, you know, culture clashing or that kind of stuff happening. Cause it just, it just throws a little bit of confusion in the conversation. So I'll be honest, this is the very first time in my life. Anybody ever talked to me about this stuff and I was willing to try it, but I no one never said anything to me. So I just didn't know, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just like, I just didn't know. So I started thinking back, like, all the opportunities I had, all the whatever, and just, and I, and I wish like somebody would have told me this in school. I wish somebody would have told me this in an assembly. Like, just no one ever said this kind of stuff. And so it's like a, a key piece of information that can get you forward in life. And I just never knew. So I think like learning stuff like that, like learning to say like, look, okay, like from from where I'm from, like people were like, don't get rid of this, don't change, you know, be yourself, you mm. know, um, don't sell out. Okay, well, number one. When I'm trying to build a lifestyle for, for me, for a family, I'm going to sell out to that. Right? Yeah. Like, like I'm going to give all into that. So, you know, the, the other thing that, um, that I, I, I just had this realization one time was like, because, man, I used to, like, in my teens, you know, I, I was really big into, like, hip-hop, and I was a DJ, and I was, like, all this crazy stuff, man. It, it's pretty hilarious. Man, we, we, we are getting to know you here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny. In fact, I got this picture on my uh, Facebook maybe, like, a couple of days ago of me being 16, and, and like, you know, I kind of had this, like, little, like, mustache, and, like, you know, just, I think I was pretty high in the picture and stuff, and, um, and, yeah, I mean, like, but, but, uh, so w- one thing that, that, cause I just always grew up people saying, you know, just be true t- to where we're from. Just be true to the hood. Just be true to like our way, our culture. Don't, don't become like them. <clears throat> well, then one day I realized like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to live in the hood. Like I just, I don't even know why. I just had that thought one day. I'm like, but see, when you grow up there, you don't really realize there's like no other neighborhoods, you mm. know. And then I started realizing, like, oh damn, like there's people who live differently than we do, and they drive different cars, and they talk, and they go to different schools, and um, and they worry about different things, you know. And so, like, uh, like I live in Frisco, Texas, which is like literally, if you look it up, it's like one of the top one or two most most moved to. Uh, most in-demand cities in America right now. The Dallas Cowboys are here. Like, yep. it's, it's huge, okay? Dude, like, a bad day for a cop here, like a really bad day, is kicking me off of a neighborhood pond that I'm fishing. <laughs> I'm like, that's, you know, Frisco PD. <laughs> like, um, you know, that's, that's like the Frisco PD, you know, TV shows. Like, you know, let's get this pond prowler. You know, like, that's a bad day here in, in, in this neighborhood, okay? Like, uh, you know, they, they come at you, you know, and hands on their hips and they're all mad at you. And I'm like, dude, what are you going to do? Like a $10 ticket? Like, just tell me to leave, bro. You know, so like, like people have different problems in different neighborhoods, you know? And mm-hmm. I, I just realized like in order for me to, to get out of my situation, I had to like get out of this area because my environment, and then I started learning things like my environment controls who I am, you know? And so you hear a lot of people talk about now, like Tony Robbins, all these guys talk about like, and this is even like in spiritual books, Bible, Jewish, like all these things, like, like your environment will way overrun your will, you know? So it's like, if you, if you want to, if you want to be a business person, you've got to get around business people. 
if you want to be rich, you've got to get around rich people. If you want to be a singer, you've got to get around singers, right? If you want to be a basketball player, you've got to get around people who know how to shoot. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and so the coolest thing about technology is it enables you to do any of that without these people even knowing who you are, <laughs> you know? So like, like I can go and be with any business leader I want to like today. I mean, this is no joke. You want to get real. I'm taking a shower, listening to Jay Abraham, listening to, I mean, I'm, I'm in the room of like a thousand dollar meeting that happened two years ago and I'm just doing something normal, just getting educated, you know, just being around these people. And, and I, I think like that's, that's, that's one of the biggest, I think, missed opportunities. Um, and um, because for everyone, it is right there at your fingertips now, you know, like people can't say, I don't have a phone <laughs> or, <laughs> you know, I don't have internet access. Like when I was young, you had to go to the library, yeah. you know, like now, and you had to know how to read. Like now you, you just gotta, you know, pay attention, you know, just, and if you don't like video, you can get it on audio, like podcasts, like what you're doing. Exactly. Like that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, and, and then the last thing I would say on missed opportunity is people, I, I think people should not use. So, I, so I'm on social media almost 24-7, but I do nothing on social media that's related to surfing social media. The only thing I do on social media is business, business-related stuff. Um, trying to spread my message, trying to spread, you know, our belief, um, you know, and those kind of things. And, and you know, like that, that's the only thing we use social media for. So for instance, I, I would really encourage people, like it's a major miss in your life and in your business if you're caught up in news feeds. Like this is, this is 10 times worse than, you know, surfing, channel surfing on TV. You're going to get, at least with, a, with TV, somebody's going to edit it, think, is this a story? <laughs> like, it doesn't matter, like, what, what you watch. It's somebody at some point is thinking, like, is this a story? On social media, it's completely wrong. <laughs> you're getting you're, – everyone, everyone has a voice now. So it's like you're getting the most random things from people, um, and it's just going to – basically, you end up reading about people's problems is pretty much what you're doing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, in the reality of life, you have enough problems. Trust me, I do. You do. Right? Like <laughs> yeah. we have enough problems with anything. Like your life could be going great, but you got you know something you want to pay off, something you want to do, some you know some kids or family or relationships or a business you want to build or a line of business or a customer who's mad. Like you got enough stuff going on. Mm. You know you don't need to know about everyone else's problems. Perfect. So um, as we get you out of here, where can people go to find more information about or if they want to get a hold of you or learn from you or guess look at some of your content? Yeah, um, jamesmiley.org kind of has a lot of free stuff and just different stuff on there that you guys can all have or check out. Um, or you can follow me on Facebook. I always have open friend requests. Um, I have a process that we 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 unfriend request 200 people a week and friend request a new 200 people a week. Um, so anybody who's from like friend requesting me from like 2000, I think we're on 2013 right now. Mm-hmm. Those people are all gone. So 12, 11, those people are all gone. Like, um, cause that's how the algorithm works. Yeah. Like the people who are newest are going to see your stuff. All those other people guys, they're not seeing your stuff. So they might as well not even be your friend. Like they're not, they're not seeing it uh, unless they're like your grandma or your parents or something. Like yeah. that. They're, they're going to see it. So, but, um, 
but yeah, so like you can always friend request me, um, um, and we'll we'll yeah, for sure. Okay, and then um, last question: What can I do to help you? Oh man, uh, that's a good question. Um, you know what, man? Just by you um, putting this out is huge. I mean, um, you know, um, uh, it, it allows us to 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 build our brand. Um, and the one thing we we love about podcasts, and everyone should try to be into this, is podcast content um, stays out there forever. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Um, and it can get hot or cold at times, but it does stay out there forever. And it doesn't, it usually doesn't dwindle away. Like Facebook posts, man, two days later, no one in the world will see that post. No, like, you know, but podcasts, I mean, it'll stay consistent for five years, 10 years, you know? So, um, so, so I, I appreciate you, you know, doing that. That's why I, anytime somebody wants to do a podcast, we do it. Last year we did 83. We were guests on 83 podcasts. Um, We were doing like two or three a day sometimes. Um, We're slowing it down this year, but, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's great because um, we see the residual effect over time. that was just part one of the wonderful episode we had with james he blew it out of the water he was amazing he gave so much value i can't wait for you guys to hear part two where he even goes even deeper into some of the stuff we talked about here this is just essentially just scratching the surface so look out for part two coming down next week i can't wait for him to talk about all the stuff he had all the stuff he has going on right now that's helping his company continue to grow even in the midst of a pandemic